Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. It seems to me that many young people's experience of this school year resembles in many ways what happens in a child's life when their parents go through a separation. But the separation I'm referring to isn't between two parents, but instead it is the separation that has occurred between parents and their child's school. I'm sure you've heard the opinions of other parents and read the articles about how our schools aren't doing enough and that they need to do more, or even the popular accusatory claim that our schools have failed our youth. And I'm confident that many of you who are listening to this, well, many of you probably agree with some or all of these claims, and that's okay. In this episode, I'm not going to be trying to change your mind to tell you that you shouldn't feel that way. What I want to do is to encourage parents to consider adopting an attitude or approach that resembles in many ways what successful co-parenting looks like. During the school year, I have heard from so many youth that their parents are highly frustrated and sometimes even furious about what their schools have done or not done during this pandemic. And again, I'm not telling anyone that they shouldn't feel that way. I just want to ask the question, is this helping or harming our youth? Does sharing your negative opinions about your child's schooling, is that helpful? Is that productive, constructive? And is it conducive to your child having a positive perspective and relationship with their school and the people in that school, known as teachers, counselors, administrators? How I see it, prior to the pandemic, many young people already had a somewhat or significant amount of dislike, disdain, maybe even disgust about their schooling. And what I've seen this school year is that these students now have a new teammate that shares their negative views about their school. And that new teammate in many homes is someone known as their parent. And for a student who is already negative about their school, who didn't want to engage with their learning, who wanted to avoid, avoid attention maybe, or avoid accountability, and a student who would rather disengage and blame the school, well, now that their parent shares their beliefs, it's likely that they feel emboldened in their beliefs and their behaviors. To put it simply, I just don't think it's a good idea for parents to vent about their child's school with their child or with an earshot of their child. And what I've seen is I've seen a lot of parents joining their kids in playing the blame game. Some parents, not all, but some parents are blaming the teachers, the administrators, and some teachers and administrators are in turn blaming the parents. And what gets lost in this blame game is our youth. It is true that many parents have been put in a situation where they are now much more responsible for their child's education than they've ever been in the past. So not only are you responsible for parenting, but many of you have now been asked to become your child's teacher, counselor, maybe a hall monitor. And I can't imagine how difficult it must be for those parents who have to play and switch between all those different roles. But for many, if not most parents, it's the hand that has been dealt. And I see it in a way that this school year, what has happened is that schools and parents 
have been made responsible for co-schooling our youth. And it's my belief that our young people will benefit when their school and their parents present as a united front. The definition of a united front is a group of people or organizations that join together to achieve a shared goal. And the shared goal should be raising and educating youth so that they can be respectful, respectful and useful, responsible and accountable human beings. And the thing is, when a child's school and their parents, let's just say, aren't getting along, it is the young person that will suffer from this separation, this rift that has occurred in so many homes this school year. All right, so in preparation for this episode, I read dozens of articles on co-parenting and joint custody tips and recommendations. Articles written for separated or divorced parents. And I was pleasantly surprised to find that the majority of the tips and recommendations directly apply to how we should be showing up for our youth. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to be providing the successful co-parenting tips that I found and basically just replacing the word co-parenting with the word co-schooling. And also by replacing the words ex or other parent with the words your child's school. I think it'll make sense once I jump into it. Okay, so here's the first piece of successful co-parenting advice that I switched up. This is taken from healthguide.org. And all the links for all these will be in the show notes. Okay, co-parenting tip one, set hurt and anger aside. Successful co-parenting means that your own emotions, any anger, resentment, or hurt, must take a back seat to the needs of your children. Admittedly, setting aside such strong feelings may be the hardest part of learning to work cooperatively with your ex. But it's also perhaps the most vital. Co-parenting is not about your feelings or those of your ex-spouse, but rather about your child's happiness, stability, and future well-being. Okay, so that's some great co-parenting advice. And by replacing a few words, I think it becomes great co-schooling advice for parents. So after a few switcheroos, that advice becomes co-schooling tip number one. Set hurt and anger aside. Successful co-schooling means that your own emotions, any anger, resentment, or hurt, must take a backseat to the needs of your children. Admittedly, setting aside such strong feelings may be the hardest part of learning to work cooperatively with your child's school. But it's also perhaps the most vital. Co-schooling is not about your feelings or those of your child's school but rather about your child's happiness, stability, and future well-being. All right, so that was successful co-schooling tip number one. And I won't continue to read the uh, co-parenting tip first. I'm sure you get the idea, and I think that'd just be annoying. All right, so co-schooling tip number two. Get your feelings out somewhere else. Never vent to your child. Friends, therapists, or even a loving pet can all make good listeners when you need to get negative feelings off your chest. Next up, tip three. Improve communication with your child's school. Peaceful, consistent, and purposeful communication with your child's school is essential to the success of co-schooling. And it all begins with your mindset. Think about communication with your child's school as having the highest purpose, which is 
your child's well-being. Before having contact with your child's school, ask yourself how your actions will affect your child and resolve to conduct yourself with dignity. Make your child the focal point of every discussion that you have with your child's school. Tip four, don't put your child in the middle. You may never completely lose all of the resentment or bitterness about this school year. But what you can do is compartmentalize those feelings and remind yourself that they are your issues, not your child's. Never use kids as messengers. When you use your children to convey messages to your child's school, it puts them in the center of your conflict. Tip five, don't punish your child's school by allowing your child to wiggle out of responsibility. Loosening the reins because you just want to be a thorn in your child's school is a big no-no. Tip six, give your child's school the benefit of the doubt. Do not second-guess the school in regards to discipline or rewards. Tip seven, don't become a victim. When a parent views him or herself as a victim of the decisions made by their child's school, the child learns that they are powerless in life. But when a parent treats their situation as a hardship to overcome and they show respect toward their child's school, the child learns resilience because life will always have some measure of unfairness. But it's about how we handle unfairness. That's what's key. Tip eight, find forgiveness. Forgiveness is powerful. And it takes a strong person to forgive. Forgiving your child's school will help you in your healing. And it will also show your children a powerful lesson in how resilient families can be. And next, the final co-schooling tip. Make time for yourself. You can only be an effective co-schooling parent if you're in a good mental and physical space. Making time for yourself is important so that you can be fully invested in your child's well-being. As you fall into a schedule of co-schooling, be sure to budget time for your own self-care. Try setting positive health goals and participating in activities that you enjoy because co-schooling isn't easy, but it can be essential to your children's happiness and well-being. Be prepared for some hard work and tough discussions. But if you're dedicated to co-schooling, you and your child's school can make it work. All right, so those were nine tips for successful co-schooling. It's my hope that you found one or more of them helpful, but I'm not quite done yet. I also wanted to share that in reading all these co-parenting articles, what I found was that the benefits of co-parenting also apply to the benefits of what I'm calling co-schooling. So here are some of those main benefits that I found. And I hope it provides some motivation or reasoning for you as a parent to implement one or more of the tips I shared, if you haven't already. So here are some of those benefits. I think when parents can provide a united front with their child's school during this difficult co-schooling process, the benefits to the child will be an increase in their sense of security. I think it will help to reduce their stress and their anxiety. And it may help your child better understand conflict resolution and also become better problem solvers. And ultimately, I think it can provide the consistency needed to get through a very, very difficult school year. To close, if this school year 
has caused a rift, a separation of sorts, from you and your child's school. I hope that you don't see this relationship as one that is headed for divorce, but instead as a relationship that is moving towards reunification. We can do this. Let's all work together because we can gain a lot of ground if we all just give a little. And there ain't no road too long when we meet in the middle. And if those words sounded familiar to some of you, that's because they're not mine. Those words belong to the American country group known as Diamond Rio. And they're taken from their Grammy-winning song from 1991, Meet in the Middle. Take it away, boys. I start walking your way. You start walking mine. We meet in the middle. Meet that old Georgia pine. We gain a lot of ground. Cause we both give a little. Ain't no Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again. Thanks again.